HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode has been brought to you by Sake Man, a group of sake superheroes bringing sake to the world. This week on Meet and 3, we get ready for Super Tuesday by looking at how food shapes elections both at home and abroad. People know that you don't order a Philly cheesesteak with Swiss cheese as John Kerry did back in the 2004 cycle. A young group of friends decided that they would put up a website which told voters which polling booths had sausages. Prime Minister David Cameron was pictured about a week after this incident eating a hot dog in a bun with a knife and fork because he was so afraid. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking with Drew and Mac Anderson, co-founders of Cleveland Kraut, those big, beautiful bags of raw, fermented, crunchy sauerkraut taking over store shelves everywhere. Cleveland Kraut is one of those great stories of three brothers with a passion for fermentation, starting a business at the farmer's market that their mother founded, which is like amazing to me, decades ago. Uh, today, it can be found in about 6,500 stores across the U.S., Welcome, brothers. Thanks for having us. (laughs) So I have the two brothers, but not the brother-in-law here today. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay. So you grew up in Cleveland? Yep. Born and raised. Amazing. And tell me about this farmer's market that your mother started and how you were, what did you do there? And what was that like? And why did she do that? That's so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We we were pretty lucky uh, having our mom as our mom. She, yes. Yeah. (laughs) She's She's where we get our entrepreneurial spirit for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. That's amazing. So she's she's a chef. She studied at uh, Cordon Bleu in Paris. Right. And then went to U of M and studied biology. So she has this background of food and science. Wow. And she started, you know, having kids. And yep. with our older sister, she was concerned about what we were eating. Yep. And this is, you know, over 30 years ago. Yeah. 
And so I remember before the farmer's markets, we would get dragged out to Amish country uh-huh. every weekend. At the, <laughs> Not <laughs> a good way to spend your weekend. <laughs> we're like, we want to watch cartoons and right. play football or whatever. And it's like, we're getting eggs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was always the ride out was always a, a pain. But then when we got there, it was just all fun being picking berries. We and actually, right. we're probably yeah. the only Cleveland City kids with like a good stable of Amish friends. Wow. And we had our Amish homies out there. <laughs> I went to an Amish <laughs> wedding. That was amazing. Oh, my god! <laughs> a lot of volleyball. Great food. I yeah. mean, I'm kind of looking forward to hearing about that after we get yeah. to, like, you know, velocity <laughs> and yeah, marketing. Of course, of course. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, so she, she started this. She had this passion. She wanted to bring... She, You know, she was making friends with a lot of different farmers. Right. And farmers are oftentimes right at the poverty line. Yes. Right? They're... Yep. And so she thought well, why don't I help them out, bring them into the city, and have them sell direct, oh, top dollar margin. And it's like so, a woman of yeah. my heart. This is right. awesome. Uh, she she definitely, she, she grew up in Detroit, and yeah. um, you can't exactly tell, but her grandmother is Burmese. So there was very much a go to the market, pick your fresh right, produce, get course. everything to cook. Eastern yeah. market she, in yeah, Detroit. Yeah, she yeah. grew up in that kind of atmosphere, and then actually did help the Traverse City Farmer's Market start when my father was at Maritime Academy up there, and she was living there. Right. So she had kind of this history. And when I was four and Drew was eight, you know, child labor laws aside, we were yeah. schlepping produce and, <laughs> and helping. That was the first when she opened the market. Um, and so every Saturday. And it's still going, the market. still going, yeah. So she's now got, it's a great nonprofit, North Union Farmers oh Market. She's got 15 in the height of the season. Um, it's a great small business incubator for hundreds of companies, obviously great farmers. So right. we grew up, you know, our Saturday morning. You know, while we didn't have to drive out to Amish country anymore, right. we we knew what we were doing Saturday morning, and she. So the two of you, right? So you're Drew. You're four years older. Yeah. Um, did you like? Because I feel like you would see sort of like, did you start to pick up on the differences between the guys who were going to probably take this into more of a business and the guys who were just like trying to sell their carrots oh yeah and separately did you have sort of different parts of it that interested you that kind of translate to what you're doing now or is it like that too much of a stretch like so early on you could we could start to pick them and even my dad early on we had some um amish friends who couldn't make it to the market mm-hmm. and so we were reselling their sausage their quinoa their flax all that stuff so we, we really learned early how how the market goes but you right. could see if people had abundance, if they had the right color schemes, if they yeah. were sampling, like these were the things that got you to the next level and made you like a repeat buy for Right, people. and you could tell that even that young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, and then, I mean, in high school and throughout college is our summer job, but we were always managing a market. We were all tasked with managing markets throughout the week. And um, you could easily tell, like, uh, after a couple of years, some would fizzle out. They, the mm-hmm. ones who truly weren't passionate or weren't putting the time and effort and thought process into their products, right. you could tell that, oh, they wouldn't last long or you could just kind of see them fizzle out. And then the ones that you kind of knew, like, okay, they're, present, they're, they're presenting an experience. The yeah. product is amazing. The, the packaging, they're doing yeah. a great job for where they're at. Yeah. And then we'd start to see them on our local grocery yeah. store shelves. So that was definitely in the back The farms who told the story, too, mm-hmm. that yeah. experience, like, here's yeah. the name. This is why we, we do this. It's a 100-year farm. It's, it's amazing, right? And when people can, you know, connect experience with and connect, yeah. that's, that's the road to success. Separate question. Did you both like sauerkraut as kids? I did not. Okay. I did. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that total Fair. aside. Okay. But also... 
from what I've read, neither one of you, I mean, I ask the question all the time, like, did you want to have your own business? What did you want to do when you Mm. were little? I didn't re I mean, it didn't seem like either one of you was like gunning hard to be an entrepreneur. Uh, no, it was definitely, uh, for, I think for both of us, it was always in the back of our head and our mother encouraged that. She definitely was always like, you know, you should be that's Just think about starting your own business. business. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually why I studied business. I right. always had little, it was like sixth grade. I was um, actually, Drew was I, big yeah. into, into paintballing. <laughs> and I would, I just discovered like there's this platform for it. And I would start taking apart his guns and selling them. Yeah. And I was just hopping To my it. dismay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I would imagine. Like, what happened this? But I, I just basically for summer would set up stairs and just kind of sell all these things yeah. online, and then I realized I could sell anything. And online. so yeah, and there's asked, been a few little iterations. Asked my mom, you know, like the summer when he was 13 years old or something. Like she goes, "What do you want to do this summer?" Um, and he says, "I need a desk <laughs> upstairs." And she's like, "Dad, okay." Right. And she would come up, and he was just on eBay on right. these forums yes. where you could sell stuff, and he yep. was just selling like whatever we had, old video games, anything. So and he would pack it up yep. and take the train down to the UPS store. And just, there are definitely, yeah. I feel like you know, I've said this before, but I feel like there guests are kind of who come on are either like they're selling literally like. Yeah. not just stuff yeah. or they're kind of like very enterprising and they, and they, you know, there, there's kind of two sides of the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial coin. One is like that. I got to sell stuff. And the other is like, I'm going to be a business person and I'm going to make systems for this and I'm mm-hmm. going to have a job all the time and work, 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 you know? And yeah. So you were definitely, definitely the cause side. you're the youngest. Right. My youngest, I found out went to camp and like started a um, black market. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> magazine there you go um business the the magazines were um contraband mm. let's put it that mm. way yeah. and it's um, a hot item at camp it's smart yeah at an all boys camp and so i had this mixed emotion of like oh my gosh what how yeah. first of all how'd you buy it like of course he has four older siblings who like yeah. were like thought the whole thing was very right. funny but I was mortified, obviously, because the head of the camp called and he was like, we have we have a problem, um, you know, but also this other part of me was like, oh, my gosh, well, yeah. like, go you. I had no idea. He made a lot of money last summer. Yeah, yeah. High five, uh, but you're grounded. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But 10, I think there is like a youngest sibling sort of like, I'm going to get away with this. Hmm. Probably more he than got away yeah. with I'm sure. Yeah. Much to Drew's dismay. I'm oh, sure. I'm sure. No. So fast forward. Drew, you mm-hmm. and the brother-in-law. So this is your sister's husband. Yeah. Luke. Yes. Luke. Perfect name. Mm-hmm. Fits right into the family. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, separately, we're both playing around from the folklore yeah. with fermentation. Can you elaborate a little so bit? So I yeah. was living... Um, I have a degree in like statistics, and so I was in banking and analytics, and I was working for a bank in Virginia, in Richmond, actually. Right. And... Um, you couldn't get good Midwestern fare there. It was like just pierogies, kielbasa, sauerkraut, fermented things, pickled things. Right. So I started making all that in my apartment. Fun. I go home. Were back. you guys? Did you like cooking? That's enough. Yes. Oh both, yeah. So we cooked constantly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a big part growing up. Is there's always dinners, always with the family at the table, and you're right. always contributing. Yeah. And we still actually make when we're home. Obviously not running around on this crazy entrepreneurial quest, but we do try and make it back to our mom's place on Sundays and everybody brings something from the market and we cook and it's, it's a great way to kind of decompress and and get the family together and not at work because we are all 
always together. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So sorry to interrupt, but I did want to just check in about the cooking thing. So you're now, are you living alone in Richmond? Like I've had like roommates, you know, okay. and, and you're cooking for everyone and trying to yeah, sort of re yeah. fermenting sauerkraut. Yeah. I was like hand making sausages with natural casings, all that good stuff. Right. And I come back to Cleveland, um, for a job and I found out my future brother-in-law, uh-huh. um, Luke. Luke, who has, he's got that, he's like half Croatian, half German. His grandmother used to have a crock bubbling away, uh-huh. you know, in her home. And and he was making sauerkraut as like a, a way to get in touch with his roots. Right. Such a nice way for you guys to right. bond. And so exactly. <laughs> over, over a beer, another fermented product, right. right? Over a beer one night, we're just eating right out of a mason jar, some that Luke had made. And it's crunchy, it's delicious, yep. and the stuff is so good. And we started, you know, like, we've got this avenue to the farmer's markets, uh-huh. which is our test market. You right. know, we can go in. We know a couple of people, right? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> why don't we try this? There's, It's probiotic. It's fermented. Yeah. Ours is crunchy. It's delicious. This is not, as far as we could tell at the time, it wasn't available on the shelves. Right. Let's go check it out. And so that was one night. And that's when we, we kind of looped in Mac. So Mac, you graduated from college around that time. Yeah. And when Drew was picking up this hobby, he was kind of telling me about it. And I initially, to your point earlier, it wasn't my favorite food. My mom would always make sausages with kraut and right. she would very much cook it down. Did they cook the kraut? Yeah. Because the way that mm-hmm. kraut was growing yeah. up, right, it's like cooked and then you lose all the fun stuff. Right. But now that it's yeah. raw, it's like so good. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think that's an experience that we're trying to battle is that forced upon you as a child, the yes. cooked mush. But so he was telling me about it. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. But I went and visited and tried some of his and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this, this, this is, is bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Like teach me how to do it. And so he did in a college I was fermenting, and my, my housemates, my friends were like, what the hell right. are you making? Like, dude, what is this in our kitchen? <laughs> but come barbecue season, and uh-huh. then, you know, the trendy girls who knew what fermented foods were yeah. would call, come over. That's when my friends would hop on okay, the bandwagon and it. say, oh, okay. Yes. Um, so, yeah, they were teaching me so how. So it worked to, again, your hard work benefited him getting, yes. yeah, action. Okay. Absolutely. So, so you guys basically, so this was around 2014. Mm-hmm. When, okay. And so you're at the farmer's market. You're not quite, I mean, from what I understand, you all still have your day jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What was the turning point where you went from this is fun and, and we're going here and, and into like, okay, we're actually going to all dive in and do this? So was there was about a year, yeah, there's a yeah. year and a half where, and this was kind of, it was definitely a grind period, but we'd leave, you know, three, four nights out of the week. Drew had turned into a sports car. He would pick me up. I was working at a big law firm. He'd pick me up in a suit. I'd be in a suit. He'd be from the bank. And we'd go to the commercial kitchen at 7 p.m., uh-huh. change into, you know, whatever kitchen wear, and then, Luke know, was an, make... Luke is an architect, so yeah, he'd so come he'd in, you know, put his pencil up, and right. yeah. <laughs> put down the ruler, <laughs> get to the kitchen. And we'd... we'd kind of make kraut until two in the morning there were definitely beers shared and uh right our our first kind of outside employee who was helping us cut vegetables is like a james beard like nominated chef but she was like in there starting her own butchery cleveland has a great like emerging food scene so right we were really blessed to come up in that community but there was about a year and a half of iterating make sure our recipes were there selling on farmers markets and building up that local demand until it was kind of getting outrageous how much people are like why can't we get this yeah. in Heinen's, which is our local store. And that was what I was going to ask. I mean, did you guys, did, first of all, did you sit down and you were like, I'm really good at, you know, 
people and I'm really good at numbers. Like, did you, did you divide it up there early was, on? It was almost like a natural flow. And I think yeah. we were really blessed. And there are some, you know, there's some kind of peers that we had out of that commercial kitchen that we definitely accelerated a lot quicker mm-hmm. because we were really able to divide and conquer. I yeah. had that just knack for sales and it was, right. uh, I was selling securities at the time. It was just something that I always loved to do. Yep. Um, Drew from the finance background and just overall strategy and leadership, right. just from being a big brother, you kind of get some of that yeah. ingrained anyway. <laughs> the eldest remain yeah. the eldest. And then to Drew's point, Luke with uh, his rulers, and but he's very he he understands. Well, he's the brother-in-law, so he didn't actually get to choose. What <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, were like, think... you are going to clean the barrel, and he was like, okay, no, I'm kidding. Luke, I'm he sure you're great, sister. but you know, I mean, yes. So what it? So he was sort of. He's more, got the operational right, mind. Got it. And it's yes. like, you know, we always joke, Luke draws, he's an architect, draws a very straight line, yeah. A to B. He knows how to build the, the lines, right. and he's very detail-oriented, so it's like operations. It's great. I mean, yeah. you guys, it's kind of, I mean, it's really a good story. This we, is really fun. <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking about my kids. I'm like, what could they do that would be legal <laughs> that <laughs> they could make? Because all of them... Well, we'll talk about that another time, too. It sounds like one's got a burgeoning media career. Yeah, Um, yeah, media career. Media is a nice way to put it. Um, Okay, so you divided them. Natural skills made sense. Again, you're in a commercial kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, You're making a lot of crowd. Did you kind of set, like, if it hits this, then we will go all in? Or was it just sort of like... It's do or die time, or like, what we, was the moment? You know, I think it was over the summer of 2015. We had we kind of quit our jobs. We knew, but you really, you really didn't know if it was going to work. We we had big dreams, and we we're like, we're going to build this thing. We're going right. to sell Cleveland crowd across the country, and you know, this is, this is what we're going to do. But there's there's always that doubt. But I really felt in 2015, like I drank my own Kool Aid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm doing this for the next five to ten right years at yeah. least. You know, this is happening. And so that's when you start selling everything. I think <laughs> yeah. it's funny because every, you know, I remember going to fancy food and being like, okay, if there, if there is a store that wants this, I'll make it. And then when that, you know, Whole Foods turned into like, okay, we like it and the velocities are great. Now we want you to do regional. I remember being like, okay, now it's a real business. Mm-hmm. Then like every step of the right. way. And it's still like just now yeah. I'm kind of like, well, now it's a real business. Right, right, you know, right. I wonder how, when that ever is going to stop. No, you know, yeah, like, it's just I, the next rung of the ladder. Right? Exactly. You I, think you've hit a pinnacle and you're like, wait, okay, what's next? Right. What, what's our next I have, challenge? I mean, Who's the next yeah, customer? You always like think that, oh, man, when we get onto shelves of, you know, Wegmans, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be, we're going to feel so good. Yep. And you get that order and there's a high five and yeah. then you're like, okay, right. what's next? Yep. <laughs> so, I know. How do we not lose this Turn shelf I know. and then get the next shelf? Well, that's yeah. the thing. Someone very wise told me at the very beginning of this, you don't ring the bell when you get the PO. You ring the bell when you get the second PO exactly. or the third PO, yeah. Yeah. right? So, you got to move it off the shelf. Okay, so we're going to take a little break. Then we're going to fast forward a little bit and get some really good advice from you guys for the founders and the other people that are listening. <laughs> cool. Just life advice. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Sake Man. What is Sake Man? Sake Man are judo athletes wearing Lucha Libre inspired masks that act as sake heroes. 
This team of athletes moonlight as sake educational professionals spreading sake to the world. Learn more about their mission and their favorite sakes at saketotheworld.com. That's saketotheworld.com. I'm back with Drew and Mac Anderson from Cleveland Kraut. Okay, so fast forward a few years. I feel like 2018, from my like little piecing together of what I've read, you changed from the jars into the bags. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was sort of a big turning point for the company? Like, do you feel like going into the bags changed a little bit of the vibe? They weren't in like these sort of homey looking jars anymore. Mm-hmm. There's definitely like, there's a brand that's like bold and big on it. And like, can you talk a little bit about sort of sure. like that stage? Yeah. It's so we made that decision after a lot of, you know, a lot of thinking, a lot of arguing. And by that time, sorry, you were, I know you started in Heinen's, but by that time, how many stores about by were you? By that time, we were probably in five to 700 stores so we were we had a nice little business humming along we were growing our velocities were in the jars very good we were category captains wherever we were on shelf that's amazing so it was it was going very well so it was one of those things where it it did come out of necessity um drew will speak to kind of the reasoning behind why we had to go to the pouch but it also ended up being a really strategic move but it was still like we're kind of like okay things are going so well do right. we want to, like, why fix it if it's <laughs> right. not broken? But it yeah. ended up, it was broken. Well, I feel like there are a lot of stories where, you know, people make these hard decisions. I mean, I was just listening to Bill um, from Spindrift. Yeah. They, yeah. they stopped an entire line right. that was actually their most profitable yeah. line. And just, I yeah. mean, that takes a lot. I'm, of, I'm sure that's know. a fun investor There's call. There's some sleepless, <laughs> some sleepless nights. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's scary to change the name. It's yeah. scary to make. It's scary to change anything if yeah. it's working. Yeah. Um, but to me, it feels like those bags are so iconic now, right? right? I mean, maybe it's because I'm next to them on every shelf <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I'm like, there they are, you know. But I don't know that I would have been as attracted to a jar. Yeah, you know. no, it's we we felt that um, it gives us a great on shelf presence. We worked with our, our good friends at Interact really hard on making sure that the the feel from the brand carried over from the jar. Definitely. It was definitely like we were really happy with how those felt, and we always would get a lot of compliments. But we wanted to. It does give that kind of bulletin board right in the shelf. Totally. Yeah. So. Totally. Yeah. And it just looks like you're getting so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we actually you get a little bit more too. Right. The, Which is cool. cool. We couldn't, it was an operational thing. Yeah. Our jars, you couldn't, we were hand packing. And so we had teams and we would have to go back there and, and hand pack everything. And, and that's how we started. But yeah. at the time when we're trying to, you know, Mac needs to be traveling all the time. I need to be fundraising. It's like hard mm-hmm. to continue to join the team. So we were like, how can we, we need to be able to make this faster. We need to be able to streamline this. We need to automate. And also the jars leaked all over the I place. would think leaking. I yeah, would think shipping explode, is more break, explosive. They're really more explosive, heavy. More expensive. Yeah. Both, both. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I mean. It was uh, what we can get on a pallet for pouches would right. take an tr- entire truckload of glass. Well, yeah. yeah. I've actually done some studies because I talk about the pouches, our pouches a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's 24 to 1. So yeah. it's basically oh, yeah. one truck of pouches to 24 trucks oh, yeah. of glass. Yep. Easily. Easily. Which is kind of crazy. So It is. You know, and we've. The other thing is. 
the nature of fermented food. Our pouches do have the breathable vent yes. in the back. Um, and you'll notice we did have kind of May bubble on our jar because they would kind of explode. And that was, there was a period of what time. What is May bubble? It was like, like this, this might bubble. bubble. Like if it, oh, it May bubble. I thought it was like <laughs> an yeah, industry no. insider term. I was like, we I've had people calling us and we're like, we little don't know, what is there. the May bubble? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's not the June fizz. No, right? no, exactly. It's, we found that in the natural sets that we, we were in, in yeah. Whole Foods, the buyers who were kind of a little bit later on the adoption curve, they would understand it's fermented, it's alive, it's going to bubble up. Right. But we were hitting a lot of conventional stores yeah. where these people are, you know, they're venturing out and they're totally. just trying some new products. That's scary. They think there's something wrong with we were, it. Mm-hmm. It's botulism. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. well, it's really low pH. No botulism can right. survive here, right. actually. But, you know, well, that's what they thought. It's yeah, because other krauts are in a jar. Where does the air go? So like, if you look at happens? some that are in a jar, if they are truly raw, they're raw. Right. Then they will, they will kind of bust they may out bubble. and explode. Yeah, they definitely yeah. may bubble. <laughs> and they, you know, we were getting, we'd get calls about it from new customers, like, "Oh, is this safe to eat?" And I don't know about you, but I don't call companies all the time, so I'm figuring, right. like, okay, that if if there was one, there are many. Like, yes. people are just throwing this away; they're not yep. coming back mm-hmm. to us. Yeah, they're not understanding this. Um, so it was a deeper issue that yeah, we wanted to address, and then it did come along with a great. It just it has that great feel. Um, our target buyer was like, "This has much more of a millennial feel." I love yep. the brand. Yeah. He got he got really excited. We were doing like target local at the time and we made the transition to pouches and he brought us in yeah. like 600 stores right off the bat amazing, so amazing. that was a good that was, was a great i want to ask you guys a question because it will help me mm-hmm. i don't know if it will help you guys can all go take a break no i <laughs> um when you're talking about velocities mm-hmm. to potential buyers obviously our new york city whole foods velocities yeah. are pretty crazy I don't see that they will ever be replicated anywhere. Our Northeast velocities in Whole Foods are really good too. But again, it's Whole Foods. It's our home market. Yep, yep. Do you have a little way of predicting or like what, how you talk to buyers in, if you start off in natural and you're starting off on your hometown mm-hmm, or your home mm-hmm. base, like what do you say to a conventional where they don't necessarily know you? They're not, right. you know. How do you talk about velocities or predict them or? Yeah, know? no, I mean, I always, that was one of our great benefits early on is we had kind of local friendly buyers that would share these velocities. Yeah. And I would say, especially starting out, leverage the hell out of that data. Just yeah. just say, hey, here's what we're doing in, right. in X customer. Yep. And everybody's going to respect what Whole Foods velocity is. Yep. They should understand. Um, it's going to be less. Yeah, right. our program buyer, she's wonderful, but yeah. she understands. She's like, okay, you're doing that in Whole Foods. What can I expect? Right. And you can kind of taper it down by a multiple. But I would say if you, I try and align a very similar customer to them right. and say, hey, we're doing X and Y. Uh, we're doing this in Wegmans or we're doing this in, right. in a Publix, for, right. for instance. Yeah. So, um, but you always want to have those kind of yes. like huge stories. Like yeah. here's what we're doing in Whole Foods. And then maybe really small fine print New York City whole like right. home home market. Well, what I've done is like you know because obviously the whole Northeast drags down the average velocity, right? Right. The the New York City velocities are like right. Hey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then sometimes I'll do like best day ever, you know, right. ninety five units or whatever. Yeah. To, you know, I mean, yeah. or like best week, or I'll try to sort of break it down, but. It is funny going, starting to branch out into these more conventional retailers. 
I don't want to promise them a rose garden. Right, yeah. I also don't want to be like, wah, wah, it's not going to be no, this. Exactly. They kind of know more than me. They, my guess is that said target buyer definitely knows if your Whole Foods velocities are X, mm-hmm. it's X divided by yeah. three or whatever. And I, I would say, you know, pitching, definitely giving them that very A case. And on the top, you know, they definitely respect their customers and hope that, you know, while Whole Foods shoppers are definitely further along in the adoption curve and Mm -hmm. maybe a more educated customer, we hope the general public, especially with something like an emerging trend like fermented foods or very clean sauces, it's going to come along. So you can say, here's what we're doing in Whole Foods. With a couple years of maturity, I am confident we can get to these numbers. That's great. Um, As well as just leveraging their marketing tools. And that's a great space where you can say, you know, we have great, we have great awareness here in New York City. These yep. are the numbers we do. You tell me, help me build the promo plan that's right. going to get us to these numbers. But to your point, you don't want to promise 100 no. units per store per week if you're <laughs> right. not going to. I also want to be really careful to the extent that I have any control over it with the stores that have thousands of, of stores. Mm-hmm. I only want 500 yeah. of the best or like maybe not even the best quote unquote but the ones that are the closest to my buyer right you know that's who a smart I, play i feel yeah. like i have a heat map and i feel like i know it pretty well mm-hmm. and you know i don't know if you guys how how it went with you but we don't sell it online at this point we're gonna put it's, it on our website it's but tough. it's it's tough because yeah. it's fresh yeah so we are in 22 states um, until the spring when we'll be in all of them, mm-hmm. we can't really even do national press. Right. So I feel like we can't, we can't even tell our story entirely. So it's like a little chicken and egg, you know, right. or cart and horse, or I don't know what the expression I, I would keep yeah. shouting the story though, because yeah. it's gonna, it, it drums up demand. And then you're going to hear from, you know, it was interesting. We still do the online sales. It's, really break even for us it's not a great user experience but we can leverage that data and when we go down and talk to chains in texas we're like hey we get these online orders there's a lot of demands in your region here it's underserved right Um, so when you do online do you do can you do you do a case or do you do yeah it's super tough no it's it's three pouches for thirty dollars it's a it's a barrier to entry right. for sure for it's sure. really tough to drive trial at that especially yeah. if you're like okay i've heard fermented foods are good or i do like sauerkraut i'm not sure i'll like this brand of sauerkraut yeah. it's a lot of commitment not only just the 30 dollars, yeah. but like you have three pounds of sauerkraut in your yes. fridge and you have to know like know. Yeah, i'm gonna enjoy this so it is challenging um i think that's a obviously a billion dollar business is final mile refrigerated like shipping yeah. somebody's gonna also, figure it out i feel like one of my investors was like you just need to have it as an option mm-hmm. like yeah there will be the consumer who will i'm not going to invest in it as like a channel right you know? no. like i'm not ever going to be like 30 percent online mm-hmm. you know i i don't think you guys not see a, that no, either no, right, no, no, not right um now. So speaking of you were we were talking about sort of the functionality of it mm-hmm. and obviously prebiotics, probiotics, all biotics, fermentation, it's definitely that is one lane you could definitely like mm-hmm. go down hard. You also have this like siete almost like foods family brother story <laughs> you could go down hard. Mm-hmm. You also have just like it tastes really better than yeah. most other sauerkrauts and it's more like chef driven. So yeah, so all of them obviously. No, and yeah, yeah. You I, do kind of have to choose a little bit. We're mm-hmm. definitely we focus on being a culinary taste first brand. Right. Yep. Yeah. 
so that's that's the the lane we've chosen just from our upbringing from being in the kitchen um it's just when you taste this crowd you're like yeah. oh shit that's no good. i mean i i'm i am officially like uh i don't know what what i am Kraut girl. Yeah, I'm a kraut girl. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Um, I put it on everything. I actually, the other night, I sauteed, I like crisped up tofu and I sauteed it with, you know, broccoli Mm -hmm. and a little bit of, you know, frozen peas because I had them and some shiitake mushrooms and our nutty lemongrass. And then I served it with the the, um, turmeric kraut. Yeah, curry kraut, yeah. And it was like... You wouldn't necessarily think that those two things would be amazing together, and yet it was perfect together. Yeah. You know, yeah. All it's right. you. You look around the world, and every culture, yeah, even besides the United States, they're eating fermented foods with every meal. Yeah, all over Asia, even yep. South America, Europe, yeah. obviously. And so, you know, our mission is to make it easier for the. Fermented yeah. foods to fit in the American diet. And you don't have to take yeah. a probiotic where everything's no. dead already no, anyway. Exactly. It's right. live, it's healthy, but we're going to make it delicious. Yeah. And it's going to be healthy yeah. for you. Things, things that, it can be the healthiest thing in the world, but if it tastes like, like crap. Yeah, you like can you're, say you're, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I already did. <laughs> um, it's just not, you're not going to keep buying it. You're not yes. going to keep no, eating it. Food. That's like, true. What we notice yeah. is we've just got this fervorous, the narnar is just like, <laughs> People are like, this stuff is so gnarly. Like, I have it on my eggs in the morning, and I'll yep. throw it on a rice dish. Like, yep. people just come back week after week to pick up their pouch at the grocery store because yep. they have these dishes. We kind of take pride in ruining dishes for folks. Like, yeah. I can't <laughs> have avocado toast without the beet red on there. Yep. It'll fat it. Like, so that's what we're definitely very focused on. Yeah. On well, taste. you're doing a really good job at it. But that leads me to sort of something you said earlier, which is when you say sauerkraut, mm-hmm. A lot of people have a vision of like the watery, cooked down, all very Mush. pale, grayish, yeah, white, kind of with the tongs out of the thing. Right, right, right. Um, we have a lot of consumer education to do because similarly, when you say sauce, people are not thinking fresh chimichurri in the refrigerator, mm-hmm. right? right? They're thinking tomato, they're thinking barbecue, sometimes, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um we have leaned hard into the fact that like all of our consumer education is happening in the grocery store. Obviously we're doing stuff on our Instagram and Mm -hmm. yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the grocery store is where we're really telling that story as best as we can. I sent you something the other day, which I'm sure you obviously had already known about, but I saw this thing for the Wienermobile. Yes. So (laughs) I, my immediate thought was like, how do we get Mac on the Wienermobile, like there's a Wienermobile that goes around the country for Oscar Mayer hot dogs Mm -hmm. where they, I mean, I didn't know about this, but I read about it and sent you the thing because I was like, because you actually have vehicles that people do associate with crowd. So you just have to get them to like associate it with your crowd, like fresh crowd, crunchy crowd. But how... How are you thinking about, how are you changing the way that people think about it? And how are you consumer educating? No, no, absolutely. It's a, it's a. And are you going to be on the Wienermobile? I am definitely going to be on the Wienermobile. Um, (laughs) It's, it's definitely a challenge. It's something that we're trying to tackle every day. Um, But we are very focused on event and demo marketing as well, because it is something when we could preach this over the waves, the radio for until we get blue in the face, but until you have that first crunchy bite yeah. and then 
your 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 mouth is water and you want that umami that great flavor and yeah. you're like oh shit this is different yeah it doesn't really click in your head like we've i've the amount of people i've looked in their eyes that say i don't like sauerkraut yep. and i'm like no no no, Just don't walk away you look out going try it right <laughs> and they're they walk away with the pouch like yeah. wow this i didn't understand it could be this good it's yep. a fresh crunchy vegetable with that little tinge of fermentation yeah. that adds that great flavor yeah so it is very important you know we we make sure we're popping up demos are, are key but you'll find they're they're very tough to scale yeah well and a lot of stores won't let you do them with your own people and, and that's they, the you know yeah. we I have, don't want some random person no we have a team of like 125 part-time demo reps around right. the country and we'll just kind of okay this month we're focused we can just launch Publix get everybody in Florida Georgia the Carolinas going go right. to Publix make sure we're launching with a splash and build a base you know I heard Pat when he was on here and he, he yeah. it was great it was He's it actually best, right? he is awesome and it reinforced a lot of our thinking and things that we've just been like you know when we were grinding you know short on cash trying to build this velocity we were all going out every day after work we'd mm-hmm. go to the stores and, and demo so we yep. knew kind of how to build this you from also scratch. were at the farmer's market you know, we were guys, at the farmer's so you market no yeah. exactly and you know how to convert people um i will say driving trial at farmer's markets is so much easier because people come for the experience right. they're there to try new things it is, especially when I used to come up and sleep on my buddy's couch and demo out at like Fairway. Oh, like yeah. interrupting people in I New know. York City when <laughs> they're on a mission is, you can get I've it. I've had some people just be so mean, you oh, know, yeah. or oh, like, yeah. I'll be like, hey, you know, like, what do you got there? <laughs> yeah. You want to try some sauce? You know, like, I, it's so uncomfortable for oh, me anyway. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, I don't. Like, why are you even talking to me? Try it with sauerkraut. You know? Like, oh, is, is that your smell <laughs> that I've been like? literally said, ew. Is like, that yeah, your yeah, smell? Oh, oh my God. And that's the, so funny. The worst is when, like, there's a kid that's, like, a small child that's, like, really trying to come. And their parents are like, yeah. no, you won't like that. I'm right. like, whoa, oh, let's, right. let's, let's reinforce some guys' <laughs> habits. They might love it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so innovation. Mm-hmm. So I know we can't discuss exactly what's coming out. Mm-hmm. I took a I took a stab. You did I, take a stab. I made a guess. It was a good guess. I felt like it was a pretty good guess, good like guess. on trend ish. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I was wrong. Um, but how do you? Before we talk, I mean, we're not talking about what you guys are launching at Expo and what's coming out mm-hmm. in the spring. But how do you think about innovation? Like, a were you like we need to come out? Like, did you hit the sort of number of sauerkraut skews that you think? And then yeah. you're like, we need to think of yeah. other categories it's, or like how, what was the mind well, map a little going bit? Going back to your question, like yeah. how to drive trial. Well, we're, if, if we're looking at our company as a company that's, you know, focused on fermentation and making that easier for the American diet, then you can take a step back and, and think, you know, how do we, how do we build new products that accomplish that goal? Right. And also yeah. kind of our number one thing is taste. Are people going to come right. back for this? We had, and all will be unveiled at Expo West, but we had, <laughs> we had a first early iteration of a product that could have been similar to this. And we just realized it's not, you're not going to come back just seeking this taste. You yeah. won't, you won't miss this flavor from your dish, like right. So we it was skewed towards health, and we're not yeah, yeah. we're not skewed towards because, health. And that goes yeah. back to sort of what I always talk about on here, and that's like why I asked you the question about which lane. Because yeah. yes, of course, you are all of those things. We have many different stories too, but it's like you can't build a strategy 
and and operations ties into that strategy and sales ties into that strategy mm-hmm. and marketing right if, if you yeah if you pick your lane and you're like this is what we're gonna do yeah then it makes the decision so much easier down the, like no we're going left here even though right looks good right. we're going left we decided we're going left like and the market the, will push yeah. you funny it'll, oh, yeah. it'll yeah. make you feel like you're making like sort of like a you know maybe i'm being too Mm, you know, maybe right, I should right, go into right. this crazy thing that you can't you know, be yeah. everything. Right. You just you can't. You don't yeah. have enough time. You don't have enough money. You don't. Your brand's not going to be able to handle it. Yeah. and that's not your what your consumers want from right. you. Right. And, yeah. and understanding when we think about innovation, understanding our kind of core tenets and guiding principles of being delicious and healthy, but delicious first it has to yeah. be first. Then we kind of drill down what can we, what's delicious and fermented we can create, what is within our core competency of refrigerated, and what can we kind of stay similar category. Right. Although you you know as well as we do, there's there's no tr- our our categories kind of float, especially from yeah. natural yeah. to conventional. I, and I, yeah, I mean, I think we're in like if you tallied it up across the country, we're probably in three different. Well, right, because you're in produce and some, deli and produce, some, and dairy deli, and yep. dairy. Well, those are the three refrigerators. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Wherever there's a refrigerator exactly. space is technically where a grocery could put us. I know, it's it very funny. It is nice once buyers start fighting over you, though. And yes. then, like, produce is like, I'm doing this to shove it in meat's face. Like, yeah. <laughs> this crap, they're selling that old, mushy, terrible stuff, right. and I got this. Yeah. So Well, it, especially if the velocity's good and the price point's right. a little bit more premium, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're doing things for their baskets that they right. have not mm-hmm. seen. No, yeah, exactly. which is really fun. It, and so once you kind of, so it starts off, and is it the three of you in a room, and you're like, okay, guys, time to think about 2022, do we want to do new products? How do we want to think about this? 2022. <laughs> yeah, we're not that far. Um, but it is, we do look, you know, oh, right. minimum it's just a year. 2020 now. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're always but throwing yeah, ideas around. There's things that, and then it gets into, we don't, we don't use this as, this is not a deciding factor, but we do like to look at what a category size could look like. Yeah, for sure. Because um, at the end of the day, it's dollars and cents. So we have to know if we're able to carve out a chunk of X category, what's that going to mean to our business? Right. Um, and is it a worthy, you know, pursuit? Yeah. So is it going to be worth all the blood, sweat, and tears that we're about to pour into That's it? Right. And the distraction that it's going to take from our core business of sauerkraut. And is it something where right now you're thinking about, I do want to stay with the buyers that I've made the relationships with? Exactly. Right. So you're not... You've got a pipeline. Jump. Like, right. let's send something mm-hmm. else Stick down with that your pipeline. People. Yeah. 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 And yeah. if you can get a... We're... We've gotten to a place where our Whole Foods buyer, Adam, he's amazing. And Mine if you too. Can, yeah, he's, yeah, Adam's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But if when you can build that relationship and you're bouncing product ideas yeah. off of a key buyer and a, kind of a thought leader in the space and who understands trends, really understands that category data yeah. and where shoppers Buy are Buy region too, right, which right. is oh, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So yeah. when you can build that relationship and bounce those ideas off of them and have them put their input in and really yeah. kind of feel like a brand owner too. Yeah. That's also when you're going to get that great placement and when you're going to get those deals and yeah. when you're going to get the, the global push. I think that's something that I that I do try to say on here a lot. I don't know if I've said it recently, but I think it's a really good point to, to that this is just a relationship-driven business, as, totally. as I think all businesses yeah. probably are, right? Humans. But like that buyer, it's not like that has to be a real, genuine relationship where... You trust them. They trust you. Mm -hmm. You're honest with them. Like it's when John Lawson came on here and he's like, the brands that don't tell me when they're not going to like be able to produce, like it sticks in my head, you know, and, and building those relationships and listening to them and not assuming that they're just trying to 
get another slotting fee out of you, mm-hmm. you know, because I think people, sometimes people go into this like very defensive and, right. you know, yeah. it's not going to work so great. No, you have to be, you have to be very optimistic if you're going to be <laughs> in this business. But I think definitely we learned that, um, we actually went through this summer. We had, so to your point about testing in various, like especially conventional retailers. So mm-hmm. Walmart did a test with us in 150 stores and our buyer was excellent. He went to the data. He said, here's our, they call it a high organic store, right. the highest organic sales. He's like, we're going to place you in this, in these geographies where Amazing. you're already, you know, doing very well. And we tested it. And then he put us in 1500. Right. And we, we misforecasted completely. Yeah. And we were walking into. Without you knowing? Ship date. Uh, like, or, well, no, you no, no, knew, no. but he, you had to he, produce He gave for us it. everything. Yeah, he gave us. Right. We didn't. We just, yeah. There was also some complicating factors as life happens, but we couldn't move into our bigger space in time. Right. Like, there was a lot going on. Yeah. But basically, as soon as we got those POs, it was like, we got the largest order we've ever had, which is awesome, but we're like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. We what don't are have we, we cannot ship right. it. It takes 30 days to make yeah. our product, right. too. You know, and like, so, it sits. Yeah. yeah. And so we had to, we went to them right away. Drew built out an amazing, basically, a get well plan. And we said, right. and we Aww. thought, hey, let's <laughs> let's ship enough products so every, he's made these planograms, so every product, they can have that first shipment when it's supposed to go out in modulars on that first week, and let's prepare a get well program. So we can continue doing business as usual as right. well. Obviously a little limited. Right. But we need to get better. And uh, we told him that. And he was like, listen, I'm going to work with you. I Thank right. you so much for yep. being transparent. Yep. Like, because you've given me this great strategy, we're still going ahead. Yeah, amazing. You've given me a month that we're going to be a little short in the DCs. Right. But we'll get there. Right. And he doesn't have empty know. shelves. Yeah. He's right. got at least yeah. one and, that and was, a half case going. Like yeah. it was this whole it was plan. Key learning. He loved that's great. it. He, the, I oh, think that actually so that's actually a secondary. Yeah. It's not just transparency, but it's mm-hmm. like here's the problem and here's my plan right. for yeah. how we're going to fix it. That's the best way to yeah. get into one of those calls. I like a get well plan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of like you want from a team member. You want someone that's not only like. Okay, here's a problem, but like, here's also what I'm thinking of as right. a solution. Yeah, so a or B, like this yeah. is what we can do, right. as far as I can tell. That's yeah. the right. other thing that we're you you really learn in this business is if you you treat buyers as like humans and other people. Like, how would they want? Like, would you want to know if a problem's coming? And here, here's yeah. how I'm gonna fix yeah. it and address them. You know, it it does take some time to get in your mind mentally, kind of a buyer off the pedestal and like, oh no, yeah. they can be your friend. They are truly a partner. Like yes. it's definitely a bastardized term in the industry. But like right. if you get that good relationship, they're your partner. Yeah. Like you're if you're crushing it, they're getting bonus yeah. off that. They're totally. getting compensated off yep. that. Yeah. They need their sex. They to have perform. a winning case to yeah. report yeah. up to their senior like, hey, That's I great. took a risk on this young product and look at how it's doing. Yeah. Boom. Like that you are making them look good. Yeah. So they're gonna love you. you yeah. Know? Okay guys. Um, I wanted to talk about brand partnerships because we actually met yeah. through someone DMing someone to do. Yep. I think Maddie DM'd you guys because she's from Cleveland. So she, it, yeah. Well, I yeah. actually, I saw you guys were launching in Fresh Market and I'll occasionally still hop. We have a great social media team, but I'll hop on just because you, you, know, right. you, you want to get in there. And I saw you guys were launching, so I shot a DM. I'm like, hey, like, let's partner up. Oh, I, you I, started yeah. it. And Aww, I was listening. So nice. Yeah, I would always listen to the podcast. <laughs> and loved watching how you guys were growing the sauce. So yeah, and uh, Maddie was like, yeah, I'm from Cleveland. This is, I'm hyped. Yeah, no, we were super psyched. And then we made a few really good things. I was not, I have to say, I will admit, I didn't really understand brand partnerships so much mm. at the beginning. Now I'm like, yeah. who are every brand and across right. the country that I want to like be with and yeah. like 
join up with because it's so much fun and really good things happen out of it. We're now on a Slack channel together exactly. where we talk about, you know, the Wienermobile. The Wienermobile. Okay. Um, question for both of you, different answers if possible. Um, either what you wish you had known or your best advice to founders, something that's going to save someone either like $10,000 or three months. Yeah. I, I mean... I can think of a specific one. I think a high-level one is you just can't stop. You cannot stop. I th- if you come up to a wall, you have to go under it, over, over it, it, through it, yeah. around it. You cannot stop. I see people giving up all the time. Oh, there's a wall. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, trust me. It's going to get worse. Yeah. It's going to get harder, and you just have to keep going. Awesome. You just cannot stop. Um, that's a high-level one. Yeah. Let me think of a specific one. But okay. I well, say, yeah, no, from, from early on, what kind of separated us and allowed us to build those amazing case studies where we did prove out the velocity and we could take kind of a roadmap of get into the retailer and perform very well, lead the category, grow, and then get your lasting place and shelf mm-hmm. was demoing the hell out of it personally. Get out there. If you're telling me your velocities are bad or like you're not growing with the chain or you can't get into more i'm like okay where's your data where's your case study and why right. are you sitting here talk why are you in the office why aren't you out <laughs> right. selling your product like nobody yep. else is going to do it for you that's another thing bill krillman did oh, like yeah. he was up and down the street with spindrift yeah, like in must. a backpack yeah. i think that's so key of like if you're thinking i can't drive sales like we had this summer where we we hadn't fundraised we're the process it takes 30 days to ferment right so mm-hmm. we get raw materials in by the time they ferment even before we ship them, our bills are due. Right. So we're incredibly cash crunched. So we just had this summer where we're every day, weekday, where there wasn't a farmer's market, I'm demoing and selling the hell out of it on shelves so we can get repos. Yeah. And then we're also all at each farmer's market through the whole weekend just getting cash in. Yeah. And so I just say if you have to push, you it. have to hustle, you have to create those case studies where people look at that data and they can't ignore you. Yeah. And it's funny because I've met so many people that are in the Whole Foods stores and don't use the portal. I know. I know. Like, I it's don't even get data. it. I look. I love the portal. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I'm not, like, personally very good at getting it, but every week I'm like, velocities, velocities. Yeah, well, where are we at? Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much thank for you coming for on. Us. Thank you for being next to us. Like, you're the best neighbors. <laughs> um, I hope we can keep growing alongside you. And um, good luck and have the best time. And we'll see you at Expo. Um, And thanks for coming on. And to all of you listeners out there, thank you for listening. Matt, thank you for being the best engineer. And uh, I'll be back with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.